Leviticus 24. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause a lamp to burn continually. Outside of the veil of the testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall keep it in order from evening to morning before Yahweh continually. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. He shall keep in order the lamps on on the pure gold lampstand before Yahweh continually. You shall take fine flour and bake 12 cakes of it. Two tenths of an ephah shall be in one cake. You shall set them in two rows, six on a row on the pure gold table before Yahweh. You shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be to the bread for a memorial, even an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Every Sabbath day he shall set it in order before Yahweh continually. It is an everlasting covenant on the behalf of the children of Israel. It shall be for Aaron and his sons. They shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him of the offerings of Yahweh made by fire by a perpetual statute. The son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel And the son of the Israelite woman and a man of Israel strove together in the camp. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name and cursed, and they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shelemith, the daughter of Debris of the tribe of Dan. They put him in custody until Yahweh's will should be declared to them. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Bring him who cursed out of the camp, and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head, and let all of the congregation stone him. You shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. He who blasphemes Yahweh's name, he shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him. The foreigner, as well as the native-born, shall be put to death when he blasphemes the name. He who strikes any man mortally shall surely be put to death. He who strikes an animal mortally shall make it good life for life. If anyone injures his neighbour, it shall be done to him as he has done. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, it shall be done to him as he has injured someone. He who kills an animal shall make it good. And he who kills a man shall be put to death. You shall have one kind of law for the foreigner as well as for the native-born, for I am Yahweh your God. Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and they brought him who had cursed out of the camp and stoned him with stones. The children of Israel did as Yahweh had commanded Moses. So we have a little chapter here uh, with a story of a blasphemer. Um, This man was the son of of an Israelite woman, but an Egyptian father. So he was um, part of what we call the mixed multitude. When Israel came out of Egypt, the Bible says they were a mixed multitude. They weren't all Israelites because some of them that came were Egyptians. So we know, we know of one example, which was Moses' um, you know, mother, his Egyptian mother, Princess Bithia, she came. She came out of um, Egypt with the Israelites, but we know there were others. We know there were plenty of Egyptians that forsook their Egyptian way of life and left. 
But there were also Egyptians that had taken Israelite women as wives and had children with them. And there were also people who had been slaves or had been born into slavery but had an Egyptian father. And so there was this mixed multitude. When the Israelites left, some of the people that left were half and half. They were a mixture. And um, some of the people that left were more Egyptian in their way of thinking and acting. And it seems like we have one of them here. So this man, the son of Shelemith, the daughter of Debris of the tribe of Dan, it says he blasphemed and cursed the name. In other words, he cursed God and blasphemed God and people heard it. They arrested him. They sought the Lord and the Lord said that he had to be put to death. So we've got an example here of blasphemy and blasphemy being a a sin punishable by death. And some people think that seems really cruel. Um, Some people question, why would God allow such a thing like this? And, um, well, there's many things we can say about this, and they may not all be satisfying to everyone. But... um, One of the things I think that we can say is that there's a few different senses in which blasphemy can happen. Some people think blasphemy is just saying, say using the word Jesus, you know, as like a a swear word. Um, That's a type of blasphemy, but it's, I don't think it's the type of blasphemy that we're talking about here. And uh, in the New Testament talks about this unforgivable sin being blasphemy against the Holy Spirit I don't think that's, the, that's exactly the same thing we're talking about here too. But you can see that there's a type of blasphemy which God considers unforgivable. In the New Testament, when we talk about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, the way that I have understood this and the way I've heard people preach this is that when the Holy Spirit is working, he seeks to reach out to you and, and convict you and show you the way that you should live. But if you ignore the Holy Spirit... Um, in other words, you, you don't want anything to do with him, that you reject God and you push him away, that your heart becomes a little bit harder. And if you continually do this to the Holy Spirit, your heart will become harder and harder and harder to the point where you can no longer hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Your heart has become so hard that you're no longer able to repent. In other words, you're beyond saving. It's not that God can't save you, It's just that you can't repent. You've hardened your heart to such a place that you are now unable to be forgiven. And the Lord knows when there are people like this or not. What I think has happened here is that we've got a man in the Israelite camp who has hardened his heart against God so much that he cannot be forgiven. And he's actually cursing the name of God. In other words, he he wants there to be no God. He wants to do away with God. He's, he's using his words against God in such a nasty way. And you notice how in the story there's this little pause. You may not have noticed, but when you're looking at the chapter, you can go back and read it and you'll notice it. They're telling the story about this man. They take him into custody. What's going to be done for him? And then all of a sudden it seems like they're talking about something else. They're saying, um, if anyone... Um, kill someone it'll be life for life if anyone kills an animal he shall it'll be it'll be animal for animal an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth and it suddenly seems like we're talking about a completely different subject this is what they call in latin the lex talionis 
Uh, it's like the law of retaliation. In, in other words, however you treat someone, that's the way that you should be treated in. It's almost like you've set your own punishment. If you, um, you go down the street and you get a baseball bat and smash up someone's car, you know, the equivalent would be, all right, well now we're gonna get a baseball bat and smash up your car. In other words, you're, by treating other people in a certain way, you're kind of like saying, this is what my punishment should be. So after this little section of, you know, lex talionis, of an eye for an eye, a tooth for tooth, the very next thing is they say, and so the blasphemer was stoned to death. So what's happened here is we've got a man who is cursing God, saying he wishes that God would die, he wishes there was no God. The result of that is that he's effectively proclaimed the judgment on himself. He, and he's actually been treated in the way that he was trying to treat God with his own words. So it's very somber and very sad, but that's the type of blasphemy we're talking about here. So, you know, there are people in the world that do this. There are people that do say these things against God. The example that comes to mind is, um, he was the dictator of Italy in World War II, Mussolini. He, he stood up on his, his roof one day and he, he dared God to strike him dead. And he had all these nasty things to say against God. And in that moment that he dared God to strike him dead, nothing happened. <laughs> but that's the thing about it, is that in this story, the consequences were more or less immediate. So people think that, and people think that, you know, that the consequences of these things, you know, if you do something wrong against God, the consequences would be immediate. But no, God isn't like that. God has appointed a day of judgment and God hopes that everyone will repent. But the fact is that there will be consequences for each and every one of these sins. And in the case of Mussolini, his end was a terrible end. You can Google it. There's pictures of his end. And um, the, Lord, the Lord knows how to save and the Lord knows how to judge. When we, when we read a, a passage like this, we can't just assume that God is merciless and uncruel and uncaring and he was just reacting wildly. Man, he's blaspheming me, so destroy him. That's, that's just a very shallow way of looking at this passage. But in the end, we've got a man that wanted God dead and cursed him and he received in punishment the thing that he was trying to give out. So he received you know, his own judgment. But in the process of doing this, the Lord was able to show the children of Israel how serious a sin like this was and to, and to put respect into the hearts of so many people for God. And this is the, a thing that we should have in our hearts towards God. We wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for God. And, um, you know, we, we have life because the Lord has given us life. His kindness is upon us every day. And so we should give him our love and our gratitude and respect. And to turn around and to curse the very thing that has given us life is, is to be asking for a death sentence. God is so patient with us, especially in this new covenant period. He's patient. He extends mercy after mercy. And if you've been someone that has, that has used your words against the Lord, now is the time to repent. To go to his, go to your face before him, and to find that mercy, and uh, to enjoy the kindness and the mercy of the Lord. So we don't take God lightly. 
We keep a soft heart before the Lord. We don't allow our hearts to get harder and harder and harder to the point where we can't repent. Rather, we keep our hearts so soft that every little thing bothers us and we're, not, we're able to sense the heart of God and walk with him and enjoy his mercies and his kindnesses. So Lord, keep us there. Keep us in that soft place. But we know that you are so merciful and so kind. And in the scriptures, we do have these stories like this one and the one in Acts chapter 5. There are a few of them. And Lord, let us remember them so that we see, Lord, that we should have the fear of the Lord upon our hearts and our minds and live for you. Not out of legalism, but out of love. Let the grace of God be extended to us. In Jesus' name, amen.